que en mi país no se puede vivir. Mucha delincuencia. Michelle is a 17-year-old from Honduras. ¿Cómo tomó la decisión? She's talking to Damia Bonmati, an investigative correspondent for Telemundo. They are by the banks of the Rio Grande at the U.S.-Mexico border. Michelle has never met her father. He left for the United States before she was born. And she just crossed the river on a journey to find him. She's part of an influx of migrant children who have come to the U.S. through its southern border with Mexico. But is the U.S. ready to receive them? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. The record number of unaccompanied children are in Border Patrol custody. U.S. Border Patrol estimates that up to 22,000 children could cross the border in April. The White House says that they inherited a completely gutted immigration system from the Trump administration. President Joe Biden promised a more humane treatment of migrants. What we're doing now is attempting to rebuild the system that can accommodate what is happening today. So to understand what's going on at the border, we talked to a journalist who's there and has been covering immigration for years. I'm Damian Mati. I'm a national correspondent with uh, Telemundo, which is part of NBC Universal. Damian might sound familiar. He's been on the podcast before while working for AJ+. Now he's based in Miami, but for the past few weeks, he's been in Texas, monitoring the border and meeting with migrants right after they cross. Welcome back, Damia. It's nice to have you. It's a pleasure. You've met so many of these unaccompanied minors, these children. What did they share with you? What are they running away from? Most of them, they were mentioning a mom or dad that came years ago to the U.S. to earn a living, to look for asylum, and they stayed. And now they think that they need to be reunited with their children. They would know about their coming journey the night before. The mom or dad in the U.S. would call them and tell them, everything has been arranged. Uh, tomorrow is the day you, you're going to leave for the U.S., One of them, Michelle, she was 17. She told me that her dad left when she was not born. When did your dad leave? How old were you? I wasn't born. My mom was pregnant. So you're here to meet your dad? Yes. Why did you decide to come now? Because I want to have a better future for me, and in my country, I can't achieve it. Did the change of government here in the United States have anything to do with your decision to come? No, not at all. No, para nada. Some have accused the Biden administration of being too soft on immigration. They say that many migrants are coming today because he's taken away the hardline policies implemented by President Trump. The president disagrees. Truth of the matter is, nothing has changed. It happens every single solitary year. There is a significant increase in the number of people coming to the border. Damia, we keep seeing headlines and reports in the United States saying that the country is racing for a 20-year high in numbers of migrants arriving at the southern border. Is this true? Are the numbers any different from those waves we saw in 2019 under President Trump or 
in 2014 under President Obama? I do think that something exceptional is happening at the border. It's true that usually between February and June, we see bigger numbers at the border. What's probably different now is the unaccompanied minors. Now, the numbers seen in February, in March, and the numbers that the U.S. government is is expecting for April and May are far beyond those numbers that we saw years ago. Why is that? Why are there so many unaccompanied minors coming right now? That's a very important question that not even experts or immigration officials have a concrete answer. It's part, of course, of this image of uh, immigration here in the U.S. is cyclical and looking for the reasons, it's a little bit complicated. But for these children and teenagers, the decision would be made by mom or dad in the U.S. or grandmother in their countries. So they really don't know what's the big picture. They do not feel as part of an uptick at the border covered by journalists. Many of them would mention the economy, how hard is living in their countries. And we have to remember that the pandemic is hitting really hard in Latin America with a very weak economies before COVID-19 started and without health systems prepared to deal with an emergency like the one that we're living through. But also they mentioned natural disasters and the climate emergency. For example, last year, in a matter of some weeks, two different hurricanes hit Central America. Damia said that many of the kids he talked to also mentioned violence and insecurity as reasons to flee their home countries. But he also said that this time, he's noticed a different trend. Something that I've seen in the last weeks here at the border is that those families who left children in their countries when they were migrating now are trying to reunite with the children. Tell me about Kainer. Kainer, I met him one week ago. He's uh, 11. He's from Honduras. Why are you here? Because my mom told me that she wanted to see me. His mom left into the U.S. when he was four years old. So the mom was someone he was familiar with, but he didn't have real memories with, with the mom. And he did all the journey from Honduras to Texas with his uncle, Jose David. He's 17, so he's also a minor. They did the journey together. How was it to get here with him? We brought only one backpack with medicine and water. We brought money for food. It lasted up to Monterrey, Mexico. And from there, we begged for money to eat. And something that Jose David told me is that he had to negotiate with men linked to the cartels in Mexico who are controlling the river because usually they ask for money, sometimes thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars to pay and cross the river. And he said, since Kainer is so little, they allowed us to cross without paying. And it was our only opportunity to cross Jose David had to act as the adult in that situation, even though he's 17. So we wondered, what about the adults? 
The numbers of adults are also increasing, but in less percentages. In these last days, I was on the ground and I saw adults coming alone. The thing is, with Title 42, what we've seen is that adults try to avoid Border Patrol officials. As Demia mentioned, last year the Trump administration issued an order invoking Title 42. That's a law that's been on the books since 1944. It allows Border Patrol to close the borders to non-essential travel, in this case, to limit the spread of the coronavirus. Since then, and until February of this year, U.S. border officials made more than 500,000 expulsions. The Trump administration's move had many critics. Lawyers and even the United Nations called it a violation of U.S. and international law. But the Biden administration has continued to apply it. However, it decided to temporarily accept unaccompanied children. Damia says that has resulted in different behavior at the border. Family members and unaccompanied minors, they would turn themselves into Border Patrol because they want to seek asylum. In the case of adults, they would go to more remote areas to avoid the authorities. So that's why sometimes we do not see those numbers, the adults, on the statistics that the U.S. government is, is publishing. But they are still trying to come. You've been telling us about your reporting from the U.S. side of the border, but you have also been on the Mexico side of the border. We know under the Trump administration, there was the Remain in Mexico policy or the Migrant Protection Protocols, which was a policy where migrants were sent back to Mexico to wait outside of the U.S. for the duration of their immigration proceedings. So you got to talk to some of those people, many with rejected cases. What did they tell you? They, they are anxious and they are still trying to figure out how to get in the U.S. They've been stuck for more than a year in Mexico, sometimes almost two years. They were promised by the Biden administration the end of the Remain in Mexico program. It has ended and more than 20,000 migrants are being waited to be processed but over 40,000 cases are completed and closed. And from those cases, less than 2% were granted asylum. The rest, they were stuck for months in Mexico and nothing happened. Demia met one family at the border who waited in Mexico for their court hearing to plead their asylum case. And they had a difficult decision to make. I spoke with a woman called Brenda, her husband and a two-year-old child. I met them at the border here in the U.S., they just crossed illegally the river trying to get into the U.S. because the, their case was closed and it was closed because when they were on their way to their court hearing in Mexico, they were kidnapped for more than three weeks. They were asked $30,000 to be freed. They had to sell their home in Guatemala. They had to get into debt to pay. And they lost the case because they couldn't get into the U.S. to talk to, with the judge because they were kidnapped in Mexico where they were sent by the U.S. government to wait for their turn. But crossing the border is not the only challenge that families and minors face. Once they're on the other side, 
they're taken under Border Patrol custody to process their cases. For kids, there's a window of time that they can legally spend there. They cannot spend more than 72 hours in these CBP processing facilities because they are not created to hold immigrants. They need to sleep on the floor. They do not have sunlight. They are, many of them, all together in, in rooms, despite the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic. But a senior Border Patrol official told us that they spend at least 90 hours in these Border Patrol facilities, some of them, or sometimes more than 100 hours. And that's the average. Oh, wow. So that's beyond these 72 hours allowed by law. And this has become one of the hardest and most difficult challenges for the Biden administration. And because the influx of migrants is greater than what the government can deal with, the backlog at the processing centers is staggering. The biggest one is Dona, Texas. It was created during the pandemic to hold around 250 migrants. And the latest numbers by Border Patrol show that more than 4,000 people are processed there. On Tuesday, March 30th, the Biden administration, for the first time, allowed journalists inside the Donna, Texas facility. The images confirmed what Demia told us. Thousands of kids and their parents crammed into a small space. We see that there is no physical distance, many people sleeping on the floor, and the situation is pretty worrying in these centers. And the Biden administration is admitting that the biggest challenge here are the children and the teenagers. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris promised more humane immigration policies during their campaign. So the question here is, why was the Biden administration not ready to process these migrants? The Biden administration has been repeating the argument that that's the fault of the previous administration, the Trump administration. And they backed that with the fact that during the transition, the Biden transition team warned Trump officials that many families and unaccompanied minors would arrive in the following months. And they say that the Trump administration didn't make any effort to change that, to be prepared. And that's been an argument repeating over and over which might be true, but it's also true that the Donna Processing Center was built in February already with the new administration and was initially built for 250 migrants. And now when we hear Biden administration officials saying that the Border Patrol facilities are not created and built to process unaccompanied children and other minors, it's strange because part of these new infrastructures are being built under the new administration. You have covered these stories for so long. What is it like when you are on the border talking to children who just want to be reunited with their parents? What goes through your head? Usually I do not feel when I'm talking with them. Uh, I feel it later 
I feel it at night, I feel it in nightmares. I see a lot of people when I'm sleeping. All the chaos here at the border would be, you know, on my mind. But these last days, I felt that, yes, I get a little bit emotional when I'm talking with these uh, children. I don't know why, but I feel some pressure, you know, on my eyes talking with them when I see that they are kids and I remember what it was like to be a kid and, and they talk as adults because they went through a long journey facing a lot of dangers and many dangers that they, they didn't know even that they existed before because they are kids. But now we wear the mask when we report, so it's a little bit easier to hide your emotions while reporting. Damia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Dina Kispe, Priyanka Tilbe, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters, Nagin Oliai, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. And Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. Special thanks to Telemundo News and NBC Universal for allowing us to use Demia's reporting on this episode. If you want to check out his images from the border, we'll leave some links for you in this episode's description. And we'll be back on Monday. <laughs> 